Are you ready for a travel adventure? How about an exciting trip to Venice or an exhilarating experience in Bangkok? Maybe you were more about a culinary adventure in Barcelona or just a relaxing day cruising the canals of Amsterdam. Join the Professor Travel as he invites you on an epic excursion, one that has you traveling the globe with him. Come and experience a world of culture, a world of history and architecture, a world of food and experiences to broaden your mind and save you time and money as you travel. Learn more, discuss more, travel more, and enjoy life more. And now your host, The Professor Travel. Greetings, students, and welcome to this special edition of The Professor Travel, domestic edition. I am your host, The Professor Travel, coming to you from Orange County, California. This is the website, the blog, and the podcast that you come to in order to learn more about different travel destinations. This is hopefully going to inspire and and promote discussion amongst the community. Hopefully, this will also get you to travel more and enjoy life more. Now, you can reach me on a variety of different social media links, but by all means, find me at my website at theprofessortravel.com. You can also find me on on both YouTube and Facebook at The Professor Travel. I'm now available on TikTok at The Professor Travel. You can find me on Instagram at the underscore professor underscore travel. If you're a Twitter, Twitterer, I guess it would be the proper term, uh, you can find me there at The Professor TR1. And then if you're a blogger, please go and find me on Blogspot at theprofessortravel.blogspot.com. Today, I am having one of my visiting professors revisit us, Chad Sweeney, or should I say Dr. Chad Sweeney. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us on this special edition of The Professor Travel. Um, For those who, for whatever reason, did not have an opportunity to review your previous videos, can you give us a quick rundown of some of your educational background? And then on the other hand, also some travel destinations that you've been to. Yeah, for sure. So I um, work as a training and learning director for a technology company, and I've worked in technology for the last 15 years or so. And um, I have, uh, as you pointed out, I do have a doctorate in uh, educational technology. So that's, um, yeah, that's uh, something that I guess I toss around sometimes. (laughs) Pretty, pretty rarely, though. Um, yeah, I'll, toss, yeah. I'll toss it around for you because I'm very proud of you for having achieved that. So congratulations to you on that. <laughs> Thanks. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of travel, I um, travel around 200,000 miles a year. I uh, kind of you know, I enjoy traveling for the sake of traveling. So I love airplanes. I love hotels. I love trying new things. And I uh, there's not very much I wouldn't do when it comes to travel. And you've done, you've done at, at least three interviews with me previously. I know one I think was on Abu Dhabi. I know another one was on India. And then we did a special one where we talked about planes and air, uh, airlines, different types of stuff that was going on with that. He's quite the expert in that. So students, I encourage you to go back to some of the previous content in order to be able to look at that. But today we're going to dissect a little bit more state by state as far as the domestic edition of this show. We're going to talk about the state of Washington, which is where you reside. Um, So talk to me a little bit about the history of Washington, what you're aware of and what we can talk about. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I I live in Washington. I've lived here for about 10 years. And uh, Washington is... um, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. Probably the most beautiful place I've ever lived. 
Um, so I, I love it here. Um, yeah, in term, so in terms of history, as uh, with the rest of this continent, um, it was originally inhabited by uh, indig indigenous uh, Native American tribes. And then in, um, in the 18, uh, 1850s-ish, um, there started to be a lot of development, especially on the, um, the west side of the state. So there were um, expeditions that... Uh, sailed down through the, um, through the Puget Sound, which is our main waterway here, and um, started relationships with the local Native American tribes. So that's like the really, really old, old history. Um, but uh, the state of Washington then uh, became a state in the, the latter part of the 19th century. Um, and I think, I think some interesting things about our history, especially in the early uh, well, I guess the late 19th century, um, Seattle was the main um, starting point during the Yukon and Klondike uh, gold rushes. So Seattle was sort of the last industrialized city as you were to go north uh, in the U.S. or Canada. So people would take a, a train here and then would load up and take a ship from here to wherever the gold fields were. So that was kind of how Seattle had its first big boom was uh, outfitting people uh, who were going up for the gold rush. And then um, there, were, there was also some really interesting times as uh, Seattle industrialized uh, during the early uh, 20th century. Um, there, there was a lot of industrialization and a lot of labor activism. So uh, Seattle actually is one of the few cities in the United States that has had a multi-day general strike. So the city actually shut down, labor unions shut down the the, um, the whole city for five days in 1990. Wow. So yeah, it was uh, very, very fascinating. Um, so that's, um, and I think uh, in like, when you think about World War II, um, a lot of the um, the aircraft bombers were designed and built here by Boeing, mm -hmm. and so that's uh, one. That's kind of the next big industry here was the aerospace industry. So Boeing's uh, kind of that 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 sort of brought Washington on the map, and then um, we had a World's Fair here in 1962, and that was when the Space Needle was built. Yep, uh, uh, a nice reminder of that. And then um, I think Seattle kind of is famous for its riot because uh, when I think of other very historic events, the 1999 um, WTO protests, so the World Trade Organization uh, was having their like annual big meeting here, and this there were massive uh, protests. The, the downtown, you know, was like was kind of basically destroyed by protesters. So that that was kind of. Uh, it, there's a long history of radical politics in Seattle, and I think that's that's one thing that sticks out in my mind. Yeah, and you know, a couple of the latter uh, latter 20th century things that like resonate with me that I can remember in terms of Seattle. Uh, number one, obviously, I'm a product of the 80s and 90s. So, I mean, you know, listening to grunge music was a huge thing yeah. back in the day. And so that was, you know, you get some of the some of the biggest grunge bands that were permeating. But we'll talk about that when we get to arts as well in just a second. Apart from that, um, we were also looking in terms of, uh, you know, other things that were going on at that time. Um, 
and then of course, oh gosh, a few other things that were that were happening during that period. So I mean, there's there's lots of different things that were going on. Um, I'm trying to think in terms of other things like um, you know uh, Seattle. Uh, uh, oh gosh, um, I remember we were doing training booklets and training uh, things on um, you know the Seattle Pike Place Fish Market and. Um, different types of training stuff that was going on at that point. So yeah, lots of different things, really kind of cool. And we moved on to things like geography in the area, which is beautiful and it's very colorful. And, um, you know, talk to me a little bit about that. You alluded to it a little bit. Yeah. Um, yep. So, uh, Washington is the, the in the Northwest of the, um, contiguous U uh, S so right there at the Northwest, um, it's surrounded. So on the South by Oregon, on the east by Idaho, and then on the north by British Columbia. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, and then the state is very uh, geographically uh, divided. So there's the Cascade Mountain Range that goes, uh, kind of not through the exact middle, but goes uh, right through the state. And so, yeah. um, so that there's a huge change in geography from the part of the state that's west of the mountains and the, st- uh, the part of the state that's east of the mountains. Yeah, just like specifically divided in half where you have one set that's a little bit more urban and lush, and then the other half is like almost desert community, it seems like. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so the climates are, are totally different, um, just like you described. Yeah, the eastern half is very dry, high desert-type climate, and then the west western part is very lush and green, um, so yeah, very different. Yeah. Um, by the way, where does Mount St. Helens fall in that area? Is it, is it just in the, in the mountain range itself or? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's in, uh, it's, it's part of the Cascades. Um, but it's, it's, uh, kind of in the Southern part of the state. Okay. So, cool. Yeah. So weather wise, um, diverse weather, depending upon which side of the mountains you're on, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's true. I mean, uh, so if you look at, so if you go to the west side of the mountains where uh, the climate's more mild, mm-hmm. um, so you think you'll see uh, like summer highs in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And then in the winter, the lows are generally in the 30s and 40s. Okay. That's actually so, not that bad. I was always under the impression it was much worse than that. Yeah. No, Seattle has very, very mild winters and very mild summers, which is, which is nice. So most, you know, most people who live here don't have air conditioning um, wow. at all because it's just that uh, now it, it's been getting warmer, but it's still, you know, it's still more, more common to not have air conditioning than to have air conditioning. So, um, and obviously, there's extreme climate situations right now, especially with the fires that are going on right in your area. Yeah, yeah. So we have, um, you know, in the on the eastern half of, of the state um, because it has that drier weather, and they have, you know, it's it's much hotter. So it's in the 90s in the summer, and then it also gets colder in the winter. Yeah. So it, they'll, they'll have a um, pretty strong winter weather there, but yeah, because it is so dry. Um, there are, we do have wildfires that usually happen during this, during this part of the year, um, on the east side. Any other, like, ser- like any serious flooding or anything kind of crazy? Um, 
No, not really. Nothing. Now we do have uh, the one thing that's a problem on this side of the mountains is mudslides. Mm. So we've had a couple of really tragic um, mudslides just because uh, you know it's a very hilly and mountainous area, and we have a lot of precipitation. So okay. Now let's talk about culture. This is yeah. the one thing. Whenever I'm traveling, I'm always interested in a, a variety of different things, and. and for my students that are out there, culture can be broken into a variety of different things, history being one part of it. But, you know, also looking in terms of religion in the area, art, language, the diet and the food of the area, um, sports and recreation, and of course, if there's any holidays. In terms of Washington, um, the state, is there a specific predominant religion that that you see more than others in various different places, or is it, or is it pretty much... <laughs> blanketed yeah it's uh so washington uh, in general is a pretty irreligious state so um like in terms of non-believers in uh, a faith it's that's 43 percent of the state so there's so it's a very um i would say it's more of a irreligious um an irreligious place uh we do have um a large variety of different types of um, different different types of faiths that we have um, because we do have a, um, a very broad international community here. So. Yeah. So it's so in one aspect it's pretty universal, but a majority of the individuals that are part of that whole population, it sounds like, are irreligious at that point. Yeah. Okay. What about in terms of art? Obviously, I talked about you know the music scene that was in the 1990s. That was a pretty big thing. But there's also a couple of famous artists, I think, up in that area too. Yeah. So I think the the most famous artist that's associated with Seattle is Gail Chihuly. So he's a really famous glass artist. Uh, for example, he did uh, ceiling at the Bellagio, and he did. If you've ever seen a big, pretty blown glass piece, it's odds are it was him or someone copied him. Um, but his uh, he, he's from here, and his studio is here. So you actually, if you go out on uh on the lake you'll canoe or boat or whatever kayak right past the actual studio where they make his pieces that's got to be beautiful have you ever have you ever had an opportunity to do that um so you, they don't allow you so i've definitely gone past on the lake but they don't they don't allow any visitors there at the studio but they have um in the seattle center which is our kind of, uh, where a number of the tourist locations are. Um, they have an actual Dale Chihuly, um Museum. Oh, so okay. it's a full museum indoor, and it has an outdoor garden area. It's really cool. All so right, cool. Highly recommend Good thing, that. Good thing to go see. Um, in terms of language, primarily English, not a, not a yeah. lot of uh, French Canadian or anything like that. Like, yeah, okay, cool. What about in terms of diet and the food in the area any major like restaurants that are really super huge yeah um so well you know we have uh, we're kind of famous for the um pike place uh, fish market so lots of fresh fish that comes in again most of the um like most of the alaskan uh fishing boats so like even the ones like from uh deadliest catch those ships are all actually based here. You can actually, again, if you go over to the lake uh, in the off season, you'll see all the boats from that show. Wow. They're all moored here. 
Uh, so we get a lot of uh, fresh seafood, really famous for oysters. <laughs> and um, lots of people here like will go get their own, like you can get permits and do all that. It's pretty cool. And then um, we also have a really strong, um, I would describe as a contemporary cuisine community here. So lots of um, lots of chefs that are trying new and interesting things. Lots of so so there, there are a ton of really good modern contemporary type restaurants that I, I really like here. So I think we have a really strong a really strong uh, food culture. So. And we still don't know why coffee is such a big thing in Seattle. It just no. happens to gravitate towards Seattle for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, actually. <laughs> for, for those of my students who are not familiar with this, obviously that's Seattle is where Starbucks is located, but they also have Seattle's best coffee, too, or Seattle's famous coffee. So, I mean, you have two major coffee chains that are right there in, C- in the Washington area. It's just... It's it's kind of interesting. That's I mean, it's not like they grow coffee in in Washington. No, it's definitely not. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm I'm used to like you know maybe onions from Walla Walla or something like that, or uh, you know, uh, but that's about or apples, but that's about it. That's that's really all yeah. I can think of. So, um, in terms of sports and recreation, obviously the Seattle Seahawks are a big yep. team. Um, you know, yeah. Seahawks are very very popular. Um, football team we have the mariners here mariners, yep. and then we just announced that we're uh, getting an nhl team that's going to be called the seattle kraken that was the the name they decided on really um yeah that's what they settled on okay kraken. um and then uh of course since we lost our beloved supersonics um that we have been in the continual struggle here in Seattle to get our, uh, to get an NBA team back. Okay. But then in terms of other recreation, like you alluded to it earlier, canoeing, outdoors activities, there's something, there's a bunch of them there. Yeah. One of the great things, um, you know, in, so in Eastern Washington, lot, uh, you know, there's lots of kind of your sort of desert outdoor type activities. So lots of like tubing and rafting on rivers, that kind of really cool outdoor stuff. And then on, on the west side, you know, we have a huge city that's just, um, you know, 30 minutes away from, you know, from very, you know, from a super high mountain range. So lots of people here do outdoor activities. So, um, and, and the city is also surrounded by water. So lots of kayaking, lots of outdoor activities, lots of people with boats, and then lots of you know, hiking, backpacking, that kind of stuff, because we do have those outdoor areas in such close access to us. And to the best of your knowledge, there's no state holidays that are really uh, as pronounced that you're aware of? No, we don't have a, I don't think we have any special state holidays here. Okay, that's fine. We'll have to, apart from your birthday, you know, that's important. <laughs> um, now, the population. Now, Washington hovers around seven and a half to 7.7 million people, if I'm correct. Seven, yep, seven, yeah, seven and a half million. So, yeah, kind of a an, an, an mid-sized state, I guess. Yeah, and you were alluding, and you were alluding earlier that it's split right where the mountain range is in most of the lusher area. Now that's kind of interesting because it seems like a lot of the forested, a lot of the lush area where you would normally expect to have like things like farms and you know uh, more of a rural community 
is on your side of Washington, but you also have at the same side, you also have the urban yeah. larger cities too. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting. I hadn't thought about it that way before, but yeah, yeah it's, um, I mean, I think, um, because there are, there is a lot of, um, there are, there are a lot of waterways that have been dammed for, uh, for irrigation and the kind of the, the warmer temperatures make it more, uh, I guess, a, a better growing area. Okay. Yeah. Now, in terms of the economy and the various different business, obviously, most people know about Microsoft having been there for many years. Amazon's there for many years. Uh, as I talked about earlier, the coffee industry is really yeah. kind of crazy in that area. Yeah. Um, what What other uh, large large businesses you you had mentioned to be before the before the show here? Uh, Boeing, obviously, they've been there for many many years. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Boeing and their legal headquarters. They moved a few years ago but yeah they're they're uh they're a substantial business presence here and then we have a, a huge tech presence with microsoft amazon and then lots of smaller tech companies are based here and then um and lots of the bay area tech companies have major outposts here so we have a huge google and facebook presence here as well so it's like an extension of silicon valley in a way yeah okay cool very neat. Now, you guys are unique in that you have a really for for those who live on the East Coast, the West Coast doesn't have a lot of really robust transportation systems. California surprisingly does not have a very good transportation system, public transportation system. That is, um, Oregon's not the most either. But Washington, on the other hand, does have a fairly good transportation corridor and uh, that's met with all kinds of things like um, ferries and buses and trains and light rail. I mean, can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So uh, the city, like the Seattle metropolitan area has excellent public transportation. So we have the, um, we have a, a light rail system and then we have a commuter rail system and then, we have um, regional, um, we have regional bus and light rail transit. So yeah, we have what I consider to be um, pretty good public transportation. Again, I think uh, when you when you go out to the east part, eastern part of the state, which is much more rural, there's a lot of transportation issues uh, for people who are living in cities or rural areas there. And then you know, the other interesting thing about the, that divide between the two parts of the state is uh, often during the winter, um, because you, know, you have to go through a very high elevation mountain pass to get from one half of the state to the other, there will be times when that pass is shut down for several days at a time. And so you actually can't get from one part of the state to the other, which is really interesting. That must make transporting goods and services very difficult, yep. I imagine. Yeah. Um, you also have one of the largest airports on the West Coast, which is SeaTac. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So SeaTac, uh, again, because of our location, um, flying from Seattle to Asia is uh, it's the, basically the shortest flight distance from anywhere in the U.S., mm-hmm. which makes sense to have. Seattle as uh, so it's a hub for Alaska Airlines. It's uh, the home base for Alaska Airlines and hub. And then there's a hub for Delta here as well, which is again primarily focused on feeding their um, their flights to Asia. If someone was wanting to visit the Washington area, 
for ter- for purposes of tourism, yeah. what are some, what are some things that you, like what were maybe the top three things you would point out to them and say, oh, you have to see this. This is a must. Um, yeah, absolutely. So um, must see, I would say. Um, you know, you, you definitely want to you want to go see the Space Needle. So you want to want to do that, um, and then so the other things though that I would really recommend that you do is one. Um, go to Eastern Washington to our wine country. So we are the second largest producer of wine in the U.S. after California. So we have an extensive wine country. So you can do all of the cool things like doing wine tasting. Um, you know, but it's actually it's way less expensive than places like Napa. Mm-hmm. So pricing is a lot more reasonable. Okay. So definitely do that. Definitely do the Space Needle. Um, you should definitely take the ferry across the sound to one of the islands. So we have, uh, it's, it's a really cool um, view you get from the ferry going over to the, the island. So I'd say those are the three things absolutely we'd have to do. And when you say the island, there's like, there are a lot of islands that are in the Puget Sound area and all throughout, all throughout the area there. I, I usually go up to just like, as an example, I go up to, uh, as part of my, um, as part of my role uh, working in administration uh, for a college, I oftentimes travel to Whidbey Island, which is one of the islands that are in that general area. Yeah. It has a military base on it. And so I oftentimes go to the military base to check up on one of our outlet locations there. And so, yeah, there's like tons of islands in yeah. that general yeah. vicinity. There's lots of, yeah, there's lots of really, really beautiful places in the sound um and yeah i mean you, it's really cool to kind of get on the ferry and go across the water so. yep absolutely so um what is the government like in your state right now yeah so um we have uh democratic representation in the senate the governor's office um in most of our most of our house delegation so it, t- it tends to be a left-leaning state but that's really only true uh west of the west of the cascade so in seattle in this area um and in the eastern part of the state tends to have m- much more conservative politics okay cool is the state house reflection of that as well um, yes, although, um, so it wasn't until this last election that, uh, there, there were actually Democrat majorities in both houses, because again, uh, the state has been, as the Seattle area has gotten bigger, the state has been moving more and more to the left overall. Okay. What about in terms of resources? What is your state best known for? Yeah, so I would say um, probably best known right now for um, for technology, but uh, in terms of in terms of resource, like when I when I think about um, like what we're known for, uh, so everybody thinks about like Washington apples. <laughs> yeah. So we are the um, we are the biggest producer of of, um, of apples, but we also have. Um, in terms of in terms of our natural resources, um, we have lots of hydroelectric uh, hydroelectric power. Mm-hmm. So um, the city of Seattle is uh, all of our electricity is, uh, or actually, it's like ninety nine percent, except for some backup power, is all um, it's all carbon free. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, so and one of the other things is that's interesting is. Um, 
you know, the state is really uh, well known for agriculture because we have, because we're far, so far north that we have much longer sun, days of sunlight. Like our, our day, our summer days are much longer than they are, let's say in California. Do so the crops here literally get more sunlight. So they grow. Which is interesting yeah. because people think of, when they think about, well, when they think about Washington, they think about it raining all the time. And so yeah. that's, that, that is an interesting contrast to that statement. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, so I think, um, you know, and then we historically had a very significant um, lumber industry and timber industry that has uh, in the nineties was when that kind of went away. And so, um, so we don't really have, there is some logging here, but not a level and scale that it had been historically. Okay, cool. Now, there are some, and you alluded to this when you were talking through the history of uh, Washington, there are some civil rights actions that have happened that originated in Washington, including some um, workers' marches, strikes, some very famous things. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so yeah, there's a, there's a long history uh, because uh, the industrialization happened here kind of right at the time that the labor movement was starting as well. So, so yeah, Seattle had a, um, a five-day-long general strike in 1919, and it literally every industry in the state was in the city was shut down by uh, by the workers. And for five days, there was no working city government, and there were basically people were just helping each other out to get food and whatever other things they needed. There's a long uh, history of, of labor movement here, um, so that that's something that's I, th- I think interesting. Um, you know, because we were on the West Coast, um, the Japanese Americans who lived here were interned in uh, you know during World War II, which was kind of a a dark spot in our uh, in our history. Um, so that that there are still repercussions of that to this day in terms of families whose crop disease that they've never that's never been returned to them. Um, and then uh, you know I think in more recently when it comes to LGBTQ rights and um, issues like that, you know I, we uh, adopted marriage equality. Um, independently as a state um, before the Supreme Court decision. And, uh, you know, in terms of workers' rights, we have very strong um, protections around um, minimum wage. So we were uh, the first statewide $15 an hour minimum wage. Nice. Um, Yeah. Done. Um, in terms of science, uh, we talked a little bit about technology. Um, are, are there any like biotech firms or anything that are other that, that push yeah. the boundaries of technology in that area? Yeah, so we also have a pretty um, pretty major biotech um, biotech and scientific base here in in Seattle. And then um, another place where uh, that's well known for scientific advancement, uh, suppose for better or worse, is on the eastern side of Washington. In um, in Han- uh, there's a place called the Hanford site, which is actually where they refined um, the radioactive materials for the atomic bomb. Mm. So that's an area that's uh, known for that, and then. 
Um, as a result of that, they built a lot of science infrastructure in that area. So there's the Pacific Northwest National Labs um, out there. So lots of science happening there as well. And then obviously, uh, I just thought, you know, volcanologists obviously being in the uh, seismic areas around Mount St. Helens, you know, monitoring it for all kinds of activity and stuff that goes on. Because it's still considered an active volcano, even the last, even though the last major eruption was... Yeah, we have multiple. Yeah, we have multiple active volcanoes here, so definitely. Uh, yeah, we're definitely in a very active uh, volcanic area, and then the very active seismic area. Yeah. Um, in terms of education, though, I know that uh, Washington has a number of wonderful colleges. Um, what about in terms of literacy rate or any K through 12, uh, any challenges that have been coming up over the last couple of years in reference to that? Yeah, I think, you know, I think uh, like anywhere else, I think there are good and good and bad sides uh, to our education system. So, um, you know, we have a number of, very highly regarded universities. You think of University of Washington is, uh, you know, a, a top-ranked public university. Uh, and then you know, you, we have our literacy rate is like 90.2%, which is sort of middle of the pack in terms of states. Yeah. Um, but but the, but the University of Washington is one of the ones right now that's running, uh, I think, uh, COVID... Um, some kind of a COVID uh, counter test or, or review of how to deal with COVID and and some of the challenges that are dealing with that. Yeah, that, that would make sense. So they have a very, um, they have a very extensive virology department at the University of Washington. So um, yeah, I could definitely see that they would be involved in that. Excellent. Um, what about as far as the healthcare system out there? I think we discussed, there's not a real major player that's in the area, like in California. Yeah, there's, like we a, have yeah, there's, there's not like a single large player here, but we have, again, a number of um, well-regarded hospitals and, and health systems um, that are located here. So I think that, um, again, I think, you know, like anywhere, there are certainly... Um, places where people have difficulty accessing healthcare, both in urban and rural areas. Yeah. And then as far as the infrastructure for both telecommunications, internet, things like that, it's, it's pretty standard out in your area, right? Nothing. Yeah. Really yeah we have pretty, pretty good, um, you know, high speed internet, uh, internet connections in, uh, in the West side of the state. And again, the right to the East side of the state, there are many more, um, rural, it's much more rural. So there are areas that, that don't have quite as strong of a digital infrastructure. Uh, and I think the same applies for cellular service, you know, it's uh, generally good, but there are definitely some places up in the mountains or some places out in the extreme rural areas where cellular reception can be a, can be a problem. That makes sense. And as far as safety and security, um, this is this is obviously one that some of my students will talk about, especially because of a fear of traveling. They want to make sure where they're going, it's relatively safe, um, that they're not going to be hurt or um, that there's not going to be victims of anything. Um, in terms of major crimes, uh, I, I tend to think of Washington State as a very relatively safe location i mean yeah yeah it's, it's definitely a, it's a safe place although um lots of serial killers 
from watching. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> She's but, the last It's very safe here. You know, again, we do have a kind of a history of activism here in Seattle. So, you know, we're kind of you know, well-known ladies for, for yeah. protests and uh, shutting down a police precinct and those kinds of things. But yeah. uh, it's a very safe place. Um, any, over the last 10 years that you've been there, any type of foreign or domestic terrorism threats that have been like serious enough that you've heard about them? No. No, not that I could go. Okay. So no one coming over from the Canadian border that's been kind of crazy or anything like that. Okay. Um, and then obviously we talked, we alluded to the fires earlier that are going on right now. Um, yeah. you know, that's, that is a serious issue. I think that's, I, I think it's predominantly all open down the West coast right now. Um, but it is one of those things that, um, I think Washington is uniquely positioned for because they're used to the challenges involving, um, you know, uh, the different forests that, that are in their area. They're, they're used to things like forest fires. They're used to things like uh, large scale fires or challenges that are come with, with that type of an infrastructure. So, uh, or not infrastructure, but, uh, the terrain as well. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, we have a pretty regular wildfire season here, um, but most of the smoke that we get on the west side, so on the east side in the drier areas, they definitely have a lot of wildfires. And then here on the west side of the state, we mainly, because of the way the mountains are positioned, uh, we sometimes we get smoke from California fires, and then other times we get smoke from Canadian fires that blows down. So. Yeah. Well, before we get going, was there any last thoughts, any closing thoughts you wanted to have about Washington? No, it's just, it's a, it's a beautiful place and it's an amazing place to visit and a great place to live. So you should come see us. And if you want to see any of his photos, please go follow him on Instagram at Chad Sweeney. Um, again, Chad, thank you so much for doing this. This is such yeah. a great treat. Um, now, for all my students that are out there, if you have any questions or comments you'd like to direct to me, by all means, please feel free to send me an email at scott at theprofessortravel.com. If you're watching this on YouTube and you'd like to be informed when new videos come out, click the bell icon right above us here. Uh, if you haven't already done so, please subscribe. And if you like this video and you want to continue to see this content, give us a like. Um, if you're listening on the podcast, by all means, please rate us, review us. We really appreciate it. But until next time, make every day a travel adventure. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye now. The Professor Travel is a broadcast from Orange County, California. A transcript of each podcast may be requested by contacting The Professor Travel at his website, theprofessortravel.com. For opportunities to work with The Professor Travel, feel free to contact Scott at theprofessortravel.com or contact us through YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook at The Professor Travel or Twitter at TheProfessorTR1. Make every day a great day to have a travel adventure.